Hi, everyone. This is Joanna Connor, and you're listening to Rock at Night. Rock at Night magazine, and I've been actually—I've been actually following you on YouTube, like everybody else, seeing your uh, viral videos from barbecues and life festivals. And the first time I saw you was like, "Wow!" was my first thing, and then the second thing I thought of was, "Why do I not know her?" Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Be what what people say. Why, why haven't I heard of you and your work? And it's 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 garbage. But it made me think of um, Betty Levette. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love her, and you know, nobody heard of her for the longest time. True. You know, she came out with in the 60s and then, I mean, she's from Detroit too. And then Mm -hmm. she just disappeared. And all of a sudden, it's almost like later in your life, you get a second career going. Yeah, it's sure looking that way for me. (laughs) That's a good thing. It is a good thing. thing. I'll I'll take it. (laughs) I am so impressed for so many reasons. But the fact that as a young girl, you up and left and went to Chicago. That takes balls. <laughs> yeah, I, I have pretty big balls. Yeah. I must say. <laughs> <laughs> Why Chicago? And what was that like as a young girl going into that city? Um, wow. It was, well, I went here when I was 19 on like a cross country trip and I stopped here on purpose because I love the Chicago blues that I used to see. Massachusetts so I was like oh I gotta go check out these clubs and these bands and once I got here it was even better than I imagined so I was like I have to live here I just want to be here I want to do this every day and so three years later I did I kind of arranged some things and and moved out there and it was you know it was a combination of everything it was it was wonderful it was scary it was uh a life changer. It was, uh, yeah, I had a lot of courage. I must say I used to go into the absolute worst neighborhoods. I didn't care. I was, I think I had a guardian angel at every step because really nothing bad ever happened. And, um, I even had police stop me once like, Oh, are you, are you lost? Are you okay? (laughs) You need help? I'm like, no, I'm going to my gig up the street. I'm good. And they're like, looking at me like, okay. (laughs) So yeah. Um, but just the, the opportunity I had to um, pretty quickly play with a lot of the greats. It was mind blowing. I, I mean, every day I'd call home, talk to somebody. Hey, guess what? I just jam with blah, blah, blah. But, you know, there was some there was some down moments. Too. I mean, not everyone was welcoming. You know, some people were upset. I was there. Some people didn't care. I mean, you know, humans react in different ways. So it wasn't all a bed of roses. But for the most part, it was it was pretty damn wonderful. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
I'm picturing a young girl with a guitar case walking around and I mean, you're dealing with a lot of these old timers, these old blues people. I would think that they would think like, who the hell is she? Or, you know, I mean, they may not be welcoming and let's face it, it's a male dominated genre. Blues yes. people are mostly men. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, music in general, I mean, even in rock, I mean, there's definitely women, more women in rock, but because it's such a bigger category of music. But I mean, the people running the sound are usually men. The people booking the shows are usually men. I mean, it goes like all layers of the business. So, but I decided when I was a young girl, I was like, a lot of the things I liked were guy things. You know, I, I loved collecting baseball cards. I love playing basketball. I loved music. I loved rock music. I love blues, you know? So I was just like, ah, you know, I can't play baseball professionally. <laughs> so <laughs> that broke my heart at 12 years old. Like I'll never be able to do this. I remember sitting at Fenway park thinking that like in tears, like it's not fair. So I just, when I decided to really be a musician, I'm like, well, they can't stop me now. So that's kind of what drove me from there, you know. You you think of yourself as a guitarist probably first, but you have a great voice. I Thank mean, you. I presume you just naturally were born with it or did you have to develop it? I think I was born with it. The first time I remember we had a really wonderful choir teacher when I was in fifth grade and she went and she had to sing God bless America or something and she went to everybody's she leaned over and listened to everybody's voice at their desk and she tapped the one you on your shoulder if you made the audition and I remember she tapped me on my shoulder I was like oh yay so I think you're born with a voice and I mean then you got to make the best of it you know I took a few vocal classes um but mostly it's just my own you know pursuit per se you know learning the guitar especially you're talking about probably late 70s early 80s we didn't have the internet and the only way to really learn was to figure out things by yourself or be lucky enough to have somebody show you mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I remember myself even trying to take vinyl albums and play them over and over. You put the arm down because you can't figure that you can't figure yes. it by ear. It's hard. Yeah, it is hard. Mm -hmm. Now you, you do teach my phone. You do teach online lessons too. Mm -hmm. I saw yeah. on uh, YouTube, you were teaching um, some slide guitar. Mm -hmm. uh, do you have, um, just out of curiosity, do you have like DVDs or any kind of teaching stuff that maybe people could go to? Well, that might be the next thing to do. Then. Yeah. <laughs> well, they can go to Joanna Connor guitar at Gmail and email me. And then that's how I've been just, I've been advertising on, you know, social media, like email me. Uh, we'll talk over the, you know, through email and then we figure out times and days and, um, nights or whatever and we do it either by zoom or whatever skype or whatever so that's what i've been doing i mean i i never had the time to teach so i were i had so many gigs so now it's like well what am i gonna do here it's like i better start teaching because i got i gotta make some kind of living so but it's been fun i mean what's cool about the internet as compared to is i did teach about 
10 years ago in a music store. Um, you know, so I was in that neighborhood teaching those kids or whatever adults, but I'm t- I taught a guy in China this morning and then I teach a girl in Germany on Saturday and I teach a guy in Idaho and uh, Connecticut. It's, so it's kind of cool. That you is know? real cool. Do they mostly yeah. want to learn slide or just blues guitar in general? Um, it's kind of a mixed bag. Some people, I mean, I even have some real beginners that are just barely making chords. So I have all different kinds of students and I need 10 more students just so you know. <laughs> um, because I lost, I had a writing job and a podcast, but they, the guy that was uh, funding it, he had some health issues. So I was like, eh, I just lost that this week. So I was writing a couple columns too. So I was just, which has been cool. That's another passion of mine, but I never, you know, it was just for my own fun. But now I actually, uh, yeah. Uh, do you write about like blues history or just what, what do you like to write? Well, about? I- it started off with uh, the Chicago Blues Network where I was teaching doing the on well, you saw the slide lesson. Um, yeah, like, like to write a column about so it was about my experiences in blues and sometimes my thoughts on, you know, being, you know, talking about drummers or bass players or women vocalists. But, you know, my kind of my connection and my philosophy or ideas. And then a woman named Martine I can never pronounce her last name, but she has rock and blues muse on the Internet. She reached out to me and said, would you like to do some writing for us? And I was like, yeah, you know, I really like the way you write. And um, so I did. I wrote an article about the time I jammed with Jimmy Page and the time I played with uh, Buddy, had a guitar battle with Buddy Guy. So those are the two articles that went out for her. So that's that's been fun. That's going to continue for now. So my next column, I think, will be about when I was jamming with Buddy Miles. So I was really fortunate in Chicago to, to meet these people, you know, and get some I even got to know. I mean, Jimmy Page one night thing jamming, but you know, obviously. <laughs> but wow. yeah, mm-hmm. I just I saw the video of you yesterday with um, when the levee breaks, and I love your version of it. Oh, thank you. So good. And you know, I'm thinking you have four people, but the keyboard is playing a lot of what would be the guitar part. You sound so full. Yeah, my that's my band. That's the one you really? saw. That current band. Yeah. Great. I mean, you really, you, it doesn't sound like just four people. It sounds like no. a lot bigger. Thank you. Yeah. That's one of the whole. Yeah. Well, if you ever want to contribute to us, we're like, what, we're female run. Female. I'm, I'm the editor, the managing editor's female. Oh, and we have to. female artists, mostly females. And we always try to promote female artists because there's just, not enough opportunities for women to get their name out there. And Mm -hmm. that's one reason when Peter told me, you know, that you just cut the album with Joe, I thought, oh, the perfect opportunity. I definitely will will want to promote another female artist because we just don't have the opportunity. And Mm -hmm. it made me think about the blues in general. When you think about the blues, the women used to be prominent. If you think about the pioneers, like the Bessie Smith and then Ma Rainey, they just mm-hmm. had that Netflix mm-hmm. um, thing about Ma Rainey. Yeah. And then they seemed to die out like after the fifties or so. Yeah. True. Yeah. It was only like big mama Thornton or it was, just, yeah, it totally switched. I, I know. I don't, I don't really understand why that happened. 
I don't know, maybe because the music style kind of evolved to something different, you know, maybe because that was more the, um, yeah, I don't know. It became more guitar centric and stuff, I think. Well, and, and that, I actually started thinking a lot about this because I thought, why, why are you not so well known? And I started thinking there's probably a handful of women that I could even think of in the blues mm -hmm. industry or the blues rock. Um, it seems like from the 70s, 80s, 90s, really up to about the millennium, there's been no women. Right. Now there's more. I, yeah. Now like five of us. <laughs> Yeah. No, there hasn't been. Yeah. And that yeah, that kind of blew my mind. Like people say, well, what women were your influences on guitar? And I'm like, well, to be honest, none, because there wasn't any. There was Bonnie Ray, but she was more of a vocalist than a guitarist, in my opinion. She's a great guitar player for what well, she does. I think of Elizabeth Cotton when I think yeah. too of Elizabeth Cotton, I didn't even think of her. Yeah, there's yeah, there's a handful, but it's just so yeah, it, it's really unusual. But there are more and more. I, I read that uh, fifty percent of guitar sales are to women now and girls. So it's definitely a new day. It's it's definitely evolving. But like when I was coming up, yeah, there was no role models per yeah. se. Yeah, I mean, and I think I'm just I'm hoping that's changing because now I mean, I see a few women guitarists out there. You know, um, Joanne Shaw Taylor, mm -hmm. Anna Popovich. Mm -hmm. um, I know Joe works with Beth Hart. I've seen her. Mm -hmm. um, and I really like the fact that he seems he, t he likes to take women under his wing. And I thought, you know, he's a musician's musician. Mm -hmm. He likes to collaborate with people. And I thought, mm -hmm. what a wonderful opportunity. And I mean, I listened to your album for a do you say 4801? That's what I yeah. 4801 Seth and Dan Avenue. Yeah. And man, the production, the way you sound, it's so full. Thank you. It, it is. You've got piano in there. You've got just these little nuances, like there's a bell uh, and the one song, oh, bad news. It's like, yeah. whoa. It's yeah. just sounds so full the engineering of it is great yeah and i'd say it's a combination of like traditional blues but also some real rocking songs yeah definitely i agree you, well you nailed all that yeah it's like destination is definitely rock yeah yeah and I saw that Jimmy Hall is in it. Is that the same Jimmy Hall uh, that plays with Jeff Beck? Yes. Oh my yes, God, I, I love his voice because I've seen Jeff Beck a few times and he's, I love him. Yeah, he's fabulous and he's wow. such a guy, super nice. That song was really good. And I noticed you really paid homage to a lot of the old Chicago blues people. Mm -hmm. And a lot of, kind of obscure songs, maybe not so much, but you really made them your own. Thank you. And yeah, obscure most of them. Yeah. Cut You Loose is really good. Thank you. Yeah, that arrangement. I've, I've known a couple of other versions, but Joe really, uh, Joe and Josh really took that somewhere else. They, they arranged all the music and they would always put little twists and turns, but never like, still you could feel the tradition, but they definitely yeah. put little 
which I loved. I loved how they did that. Your voice, in fact, in that one, to me, it's almost like Tina Turner. Thank you. Ooh, thank you. I love fun. her. I do too. And it's my voice first. If you listen to my older records, my voice is a lot higher. It's very clear. And then I sang like so many hours at the King's Demise and I, and I got older and it's got raspy quality, even when I'm like, yes. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's it's what I like. I got my blues voice. <laughs> that's exactly why not only, I mean, in a, in a sense, you're the real deal because you sound like real authentic blues voice. I can't stand the smooth, sanitized, some of the blue pe blues people that are male and female that I've heard. They're, they're smooth. I want yeah. to hear texture and I can hear texture in your voice. Thank you. Well, you know, I, I, my goal was, you know, I came to Chicago too because it's an African-American city and it's an African-American blues scene. And I mean, I'm not going to go like put people in categories, but I wanted to learn from the peoples who made the music and I, exactly. I would be in there. And part of it is vocally, you had to cut it some kind of way. You know, I, I held down gigs at blues clubs in Chicago where most white people didn't have those gigs mm -hmm. at front people. So it was sink or swim. You know, I had to figure things out along the way, like how to be myself, not be like, an imitator or trying too hard, but be authentic. But I try to absorb like as much as I could. That's why I like was a student of, of blues, not just guitar wise, but vocally trying to, mm -hmm. to find my voice, but to try to be authentic in a way, but not officially authentic. Does that make sense? I hope so. It totally makes sense because I listened to your album the first time over the weekend. Usually I, I'll just kind of do a cursory listen, you know, like I'm fixing dinner yeah. or whatever. And then yeah. I really listened to it. Anyway, I was listening. And if I closed my eyes, I would think that you were a black woman singing who had grown up in the church, <laughs> you know, like authentic gospel rhythm and blues if i i mean i would never know that you were a white woman from massachusetts <laughs> and you know i did spend time um in gospel churches i actually sang one on the south side and i sang amazing grace they asked me and i'll tell you what it was whew, i mean i almost couldn't i almost cried Wow. So I've had that, that I was very privileged to have that experience, you know, several times. I actually dated a guy who was a guitar player at, at this church and he would always come me and my daughter, my daughter was in the choir and mm -hmm. it was, it was really, I mean, gospel singers are like the absolute pinnacle to oh. me, you know? It, yeah. That's how I feel too. And even bad news you almost have a Janis Joplin kind of I don't know nuance to your voice and with, please help too yeah well I loved her that, I knew that, that raspy and even trouble mm -hmm. trouble very soulful raspy R&B I mean you nailed it <laughs> well you just made my day <laughs> <laughs> no it, it, I mean you this album and it's funny I'm, I'm not I'm not just don't don't think I just tell everybody I mean I'm not bullshitting you're right this is probably 
one of the best blues albums I've heard in many, many years. And thank you. The That's a no, the whole production of it is just whatever you and Joe did, you nailed it. You were in the zone. <laughs> we're in the zone. And I, and thank you for noticing that. I mean, yeah. and I didn't know if that was going to happen because I'd never worked with him. I only met him briefly. We talked for a few months, but it wasn't like he was my pal. Josh, I knew from when he was a kid. He sat home with me many times. But, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen. But I trusted that it would be good. But it could have been a flop. You know, you never know. But Joe also got, like, the A-team. He got great engineers, great studio, a guy that mastered, like, every major artist ever mastered this record. So he, he put some real, you know, skin in the game. He really... How did yeah. you psych yourself into it? I would be intimidated knowing that there's all this pressure. He he brought me to Nashville. He brought all these musicians in. Now you have to perform. How the hell did you psych yourself into it? Man, I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> I was a mess for Well, this is the thing. I've been in, not like this situation, but I've been in high pressure situations, you know, I was called in a guitar battle with Buddy Guy. You know, I was, you know, in front of major labels at one time. I was in a movie last year and had a, you know, so there was like little stops along the way that kind of got me ready for this, you know. I did open for ZZ Top a long time ago in Belgium. You know, little things are, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to pass out, you know. And even when Joe came to the club to see us, it was in November, because we've been talking, I'm like, what if he, I'm playing? And he's like, no, I changed my mind. You know, she's not that good. <laughs> so I was looking at my bass player, you know, the little guy in the video that you probably noticed with the red mohawk. Yeah. And I'm, exactly. I'm like, I call him Silky. I'm like, Silky, I'm panicking. And he looks at me and goes, Jojo, we got your back. Just play. Don't exactly. worry. Girl. You know, and he's such a sweetheart. I'm like, okay. So it was like, yeah, I, I did. And on the on the plane ride down there, I was like, oh, shit. I knew it was like either I was going to like sink or swim. It was like either you're going to bomb and go home with your tail between your legs or you're going to just do your thing. And I was talking to my kids and they're like, mom, don't worry. You, you know, you're you're the goat. Just go in and do it. You, can, you, you got this. So I did. I was. I, I psyched myself in and then and then Joe made it he really did because I was like geez I gotta sit in front of one of the greatest guitar players ever in the room like I was like oh no, god you know but he was just so cool and funny he's like got this really dry sense of humor that I love so I was like eh, it's gonna be good and then all the guys in the band were encouraging and Reese Winans comes up to me he goes I hear he goes you're a badass those are his first words. I was like, oh my God, that's Stevie Ray Vaughan's keyboard player and Joe, you know? So it, I felt bad. <laughs> like, what, wow, what a compliment, you know? Uh, respect is a nice term. Uh, the guys respect you. Yeah. You had, you had to pay your dues and obviously your talent speaks for itself. Thank and you. I think that's why a lot of the guys are accepting and everything. It's kind of hard to break that, that glass ceiling, you know, yeah. to, to, to get there and everything. One thing I um, noticed that you've played a lot in Europe, the audiences over there are a lot more accepting and um, 
what are some of, tell me some interesting experiences you've had touring like overseas and stuff. I, I was in Europe, like from like 1990 to 2000, like multiple times. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't want to come home. I was like, I had my, I had my son then he was a little boy and I took him many times. He's like, mommy, I don't want to live there. They don't have Nickelodeon. <laughs> <laughs> Or peanut butter. <laughs> right. <laughs> it wasn't really that much fun, you know, and I was like, I, I, there's no Michael Jordan. And I was like, yeah, I know. Because um, I really considered living in one of the countries over there. It's like, it's so much better for musicians here, you know. But like, that, I, I toured with Luther Allison as his opening act for years. I opened up for Screaming Jay Hawkins for a month, which was, I have multiple stories about him. He was a real character. He actually liked me in the band, but he tortured his band. He absolutely tortured his band. Oh. And um, I opened up for ZZ Top over there in Belgium, which is amazing. I was on shows with Joe Cocker. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, great, great, big, big festivals with like, you know, because they're, they're a little bit more into blending. Like I did some exclusive blues festivals, but they're, oh, and I had, I opened up for Robin Ford in Amsterdam, you know, just, and then in Holland a couple of years ago, gosh, how could I forget this? I was on a show with Joe, um, Walter Trout, Jeff Beck, mm. and Star and the All-Stars. I was standing next to Ringo Starr. I'm like, oh my God, because I listened to the Beatles as a kid. I'm like, I can't even believe I'm breathing the same air <laughs> as this guy. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it was some great opportunities and just, it's beautiful there. You know, it just, it, I loved Italy. I was there two years ago and um, we didn't do any big gigs, but just these gorgeous and the piazzas outside and just, yeah, love and the best food ever. Yeah, it was great. I, I love, I mean, there's so much over there. You're listening to Rock at Night. The introductory song, Get On Down, is from blues artist Billy, Billy Bass Alford. Look for his music at ReverbNation.com. 